Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about Anthony Davis's extension. Uh, before we get into that, there was no podcast last week. I was in New York for a wedding, and if you have not been to New York, I'd been once for a weekend. I went for a full week last week, just got back, and holy crap, really lived up to the hype. The food was amazing. The sights were amazing. The whole city is just gigantic, really fun. So I recommend if you're thinking about going to New York or you have the chance, definitely do it. I went to the Natural History Museum. The It's the night at the museum, the movie, you know, or whatever the movie's called with Ben Stiller. That museum had the dinosaur bones there, T-Rexes, Triceratops. It was nuts. I never talk about uh, non-basketball things on this podcast, but New York is is well worth talking about. So many, so many cool things. See, the food was nuts. Pizza, like pizza on every block. There's like a slice place on literally every block. All of it's amazing. So uh, I guess this is my my explanation of why there was no podcast last week and why it's a little late this week because I was in New York having a blast. Uh, one thing was on the night of the rehearsal dinner. Oh, that this is why I was going to talk about it. The night of the rehearsal dinner, um, anyone could go up and they could say a you know a few cents about the uh, the bride and groom, razz them a little bit, talk about how much you love them. And I'd had this uh, opener in my back pocket for years. I've never given a speech at a wedding before. I'd always wanted to, so I go up there and I grab the microphone. And you know I've worked in sports radio for like half a decade. Obviously done podcasts here, you know podcasting for a number of years. So I grab the microphone and I hold it up and I say, well, technically I am the most qualified person here to use this. And uh, I was pretty proud of that line. Thought it was pretty funny. Got a few laughs. So uh, New York, if you're thinking about going, definitely give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. So back to basketball. Let's talk about Anthony Davis. He signs a three-year extension. This happened while I was gone. And basically the way the AD contract situation was looking, right? So he had two more years, right? It wasn't like he was about to hit free agency or anything. So he had two more years. He signs a three-year extension. So now the Lakers have him for five years. So the way the extension works is he was making about – he's going to make $41 million next year and then 43 after that. And it's about 30% of the cap. It's kind of an easier way to, to look at it. I know people have been pushing to talk about cap space as a percentage because the numbers are always changing, and I think that's a pretty good way to do that. So I went out and found those numbers for the first time and uh, and used them on the show. So those are the two years that were already on the books for AD. So he gets a three-year extension, three years, $186 million, $62 million on average, huge extension. We just saw Jalen Brown get a extension for similar money per year. It was a longer extension. Um, but the situation AD has now where it's, it's the two years and then the three years added on, and it's a huge raise because he's making like low 40s for the next two years, which is pretty good value for AD, and then it shoots up to an average of $62 million. So it goes from basically like 30% of the cap the next two years, and then it jumps up to about 34 35% of the cap. And I think the numbers are, are kind of hard to wrap our brains around because we know the cap situation is going to change. We've seen that over the last, I don't know, I guess it's like almost a decade now, maybe like half a decade where we've seen the cap go up like dramatically every few seasons. So, you know, there there's, was kind of the idea handing out extensions last season of, oh, the cap's going to go up a bunch. So you should, you know, sign all your players to an extension now because it'll seem better in hindsight. And like, while I understand the idea of that, 
I don't know if I agree, right? Where it's like, hey, get yourself locked into a bunch of these Tyler Hero, RJ Barrett contracts that are four years at 30-ish million a year. And it's like, because the idea is the percent of the cap is going to reduce as the cap increases. So like I get the thinking. I don't know if I really agree with the thinking, but I I understand where people are coming from. And again, we go from AD taking about 30% of the cap the next two years to jumping up to 34, 35% of the cap. So pretty noticeable change in just how the Lakers are going to be moving forward from a cap space standpoint. Now, the logical question is, what is AD worth, right? Where, what what kind of value have we seen from him as a Laker? Because I think we're far enough away from the Pelicans days where he's been a Laker for four years, where you can pretty much just be looking at that. Because, so this thing happens in, in, in sports, really, in basketball and in data, where it's like you want a larger sample. The problem is if you go too far back, it's like, I don't really know if that's what the player is anymore, where... You know, I do it all the time on Twitter where I do this on purpose, but I will show the entire career LeBron of a player. Well, it goes back to 2014, our data. So if, if it's if the players played before that, it won't really populate in the graph. Actually, no, we just changed it. It goes back a little further now. Point of the side tangent is I want to show the entire growth of a career, right? Because I think that's important. But when you're looking at how good a player is right now, I think like three to four years is like as far back as you need to go. I think anything beyond that where it's like, I don't really know like how telling that is. Cause like there's a, there's a difference between a player that's, I don't know, 20 to 25 years old. Then the next block of like 26 to 30 and then maybe 31 to 35. Those are different areas of a player's career. Like you're physically different every few years. I think AD is a really big example of how you can physically change over a three to four year period where 80 we know he's been dinged up for a lot of his career he doesn't have a lot of super long stretches of being healthy and basically like a quick kind of rundown of him on the lakers is he comes to the lakers in 2020 they win that championship he plays at a really high level and he still misses some time but he plays most of the year let me pull up how many games he played that year so in 2020 he plays 62 games which for him was a kind of about average where he played really well, but only 62 games. But that's what you expect. Like when the Lakers acquired AD, it's like he's going to miss a little bit of time and it's okay because what you're going to get is so valuable. Such like a two-way monster. Actually, Shaq is sort of similar in this regard where it's like Shaq pretty much never played healthy seasons. He always missed a chunk of time. So AD plays 62 games in 2020, which is enough, right? If you're over like, I don't know, 60 games, it's not really that big of a deal. After that, they win the championship. He only plays 36 games the year after that. That's his down year. And, you know, it was frustrating. There was injuries. There was inefficiency in his play. I think that's the only year he shot below average from the field. And some of that was because of the way the offseason worked. It was really short because 2020 was the bubble year. Then in 2022, they trade for Russell Westbrook. Things just don't really work out for the Lakers. He appears in 40 games. Again, missed a lot of time with injury. And it was better than 21, but it was not where he normally is. And then last year, he bounces back. He appears in 56 games, which it was like, uh, it's enough, right? It was enough. You'd like to see him play more, but it wasn't 
wasn't the 36 games of a few years ago. And he plays at a really high level and kind of gets back to his dominant self. So that was me just trying to give you a quick recap of kind of where he's been. So now we can talk about does this money make sense moving forward and how to kind of feel about the deal. So the thing with money in basketball is like you kind of have to overpay everyone and hope that they live up to the contract because the talent is, how would I say this? Talent works differently in the NBA than it does in baseball and football because there's so few players where one player matters so much more. Where it's like, okay, if you can get AD playing his best basketball, he's worth like basically any amount of money, right? Same thing with like LeBron, where it's like if they're playing at even 95% of themselves, it's like the cap doesn't really matter because the value is just so insane. What you're getting is so impactful. So for AD, I just wanted to look at it. Last year, he was fifth in LeBron, had a huge bounce back year, right? Two-way player. And really just impacted the game on both sides of the court. Um, beyond that, the last six years, I grabbed a little larger of a sample. He was top eight in LeBron in four of those six years. So that's really good. I know I just talked about the, the you only need to go back three or four years. But I just kind of wanted to give you a uh, kind of zoom out to look at the magnitude of his career. Because... The Pelicans days were really impressive, and basically two of the four Lakers seasons have been really impressive because the problem is two of the years have been shortened with injury, so it's almost like you could combine 21 and 22 into kind of one season because like he played about as like one total season in those two years, but uh, top eight performance in four of the last six seasons. So this is like a really, really high-end guy. Like Anthony Davis is a Hall of Famer. Like if he retired today, he would just be in the Hall of Fame. So this is like a player to hold in a very, very high regard. So looking forward, what are we going to be getting with this contract? So AD is going to be going into his age 30 season next year. So basically the two years on the books were going to be age 30 and 31 next year and the year after that. They extend him another three years, so they're going to have him through his age 34 season. So from just a age standpoint, you know, we've talked a lot about AD's injuries already in this episode. It's a concern, right? That is definitely a concern. But when you're playing at such a high level, it's a risk that you are willing to take, right? Because, I mean, on you know you want to get really philosophical on some level signing every player is a risk right they can get hurt they cannot live up to their potential they can decline they can do all these things but that you're getting ad i talk about this all the time the aging cliff is pretty much 35 for most players hall of famers are normally able to play beyond age 35 and still be pretty productive i'm not sure if that's gonna be the case with ad Yes, he is pretty mobile for a big man, which is helpful, but the amount of injuries that have racked up over his career are concerning. So that that one's a tough, the projection in his age, I think is going to be one of the more difficult things to do for really any player in the league. But I think what's important is the Lakers have him under contract for the next five years. He is going to finish the contract heading into his age 35 season where who knows the Lakers maybe extend him again, but he will be clearly out of his prime at that point. Like, but three of these next five years, you're probably still going to be getting like high end Anthony Davis. I think the last two years, really, it's going to be almost like how, how things break, how the injuries rack up. 
if you know something serious happens that could maybe hurt the value the last two years of the deal but the lakers are still are the lakers still in contention for a title so i think prior to this year it was like i think the window was closed because lebron just isn't the best player in the league anymore right and the roster was not very good However, they were really able to salvage things at the trade deadline. They were able to get a lot of talent back for Russell Westbrook's expiring contract in a first. And then Austin Reeves has become a top 75 player, which I did not see coming. I watched a lot of Laker games. I liked Reeves, but I didn't see the pick and roll, mid-range shooting, ability to the free throw line at such a high rate, you know, hyper efficiency. Just honestly didn't see that coming. And so now it's like, ooh. Do Are the Lakers a likely candidate to win a championship in the next few years? I don't think so. Is it possible? I think it's possible. And anytime you have the possibility for a ring, like they just played in the Western Conference Finals. Like that's pretty crazy. Yeah, the Nuggets, I would say, definitely beat them. I know some of those games were close, but I think the Nuggets controlled that series in a pretty comfortable way. It was a sweep. And they were the team of destiny. They were a very, very good team this year. But having, you know, an aging LeBron, having Anthony Davis, having uh, Reeves budding into a really good player, and then having a really solid, you know, amount of role players around them, you got a deep playoff run in this Laker team in the next year or two. So I think the contract extension, just to keep everybody happy, keep everything together, I think does make sense. AD, like I said, has been a top eight player in LeBron four of the last six seasons. And those other two seasons were injury shortened. So it wasn't like you were just getting him not playing well. Like were there struggles in those two injury shortened seasons? Yes. But I think over the course of, you know, 60, 65 games, if you would have been able to play that, he would have been able to recover some of that lost impact, right? Let's look at his playoff performance. So if we look at five-year playoff LeBron, he is sixth. And, I mean, that's pretty good. So, in the regular season, he's looking like a top player, top 10 player whenever he's healthy. And then in the playoffs, he was sixth in our five-year playoff LeBron. And we normally do three and five-year samples for the playoffs just because you play a lot less games. It makes things a little more stable. And that type of impact is pretty crazy. So, the playoff data does not include this previous run where he was playing out of his mind. The, the numbers have just haven't been calculated yet. They will be off this offseason. I'm actually really excited to see them. But he has been second in D LeBron over that five-year stretch. And again, that's not counting this 2023 run where, honestly, I don't think he can pass Draymond just because Draymond's data was, was so absurd over that run. But 80s D LeBron, I expect to go up once this uh, playoff data gets calculated because his run this past season was I mean otherworldly the first two rounds was a level of dominance defensively I can't really think of a player in recent memory that played at that I guess Draymond probably during the Golden State um 20 what was that 2015 to 2019 making all those finals appearances I'd say that's the, the comparable one. I didn't honestly watch a lot of that. I was working in other industries. So I personally didn't see that. I know the data really, really holds them in high regard. But since you know 2020 and beyond in the 20s, I don't think we've seen a playoff defender like Anthony Davis, his ability to protect the rim, especially this year, and then his ability to go out on the perimeter. There's just not a lot of players in NBA history that can move like him at that size. So 
what you're getting out of him is extremely high-end defense, the ability to play the four and the five. At this point in his career, he is he is less mobile. Like he has added weight. He has had a lot of injuries. He's probably just a five at this point in his career. I don't know. Maybe the Lakers make a trade or do something to add another big where maybe he plays alongside another big. I think he still has the the instincts and the mobility to kind of play the the four role. But the Anthony Davis extension, I'm fine with because whenever you're getting a top 10 player, it doesn't really matter what the price is. Just simple as that. And yes, it is in his 30s. And yes, there are injury concerns. But like you just do have to take risks when you are an NBA franchise where it's like you can't just do everything in kind of an NBA 2K style, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm in complete control of everything here. It's just not really how it works. So I really like the three-year extension. $186 million is a ton of money. Going to be averaging $62 million on average in those seasons. And I don't know. Time will tell how this kind of will work out. I think it makes sense to do for the Lakers right now, but it's all going to depend on how the cap situation kind of sorts itself out in the next few years. We're all expecting a jump in the cap, but yeah, I think even if it doesn't, as long as AD is playing, he's going to give you so much value. Cause I talked about like, even in his two down years where he missed a ton of time, he was still a top 30 player where the worst case AD is still a top 30 player. The worst case we've ever seen in his career. <laughs> um, that's a pretty crazy floor. And then the high end was in this play. I think I was going to pull it up. I think even in this playoffs in game one against the Nuggets, where he wasn't as dominant defensively in that Nuggets series just because the Denver offense was so good. He still played well. I think he had a 40-point game in game one. Where Let me pull up his game logs really quick. But it's not like this is just like a uh, a guy that's really good on defense where his offense has eroded. Where it's like, sure, you can't shoot. He was trying to like work on the three ball for a while. That didn't really end up happening. That's regressed. It's pretty bad now. He's I think he only shoots like one a game now. It's not really a big part of his game. There was a point where he's shooting like three a game early in his Laker career. He was hitting them at like 32, 33%. And it was like, oh, if like being up this like a few more ticks, like this could become a really valuable thing. It ended up not happening, but like still has a good post game, still a, a decent mid-range jumper when it's a catch and shoot situation. When he's shooting pull-up mid-rangers, it's not very good. But in terms of just catch and shoots, I actually don't mind that shot. And then, you know, things like in transition as a pick and roll player, he's still really, really good, really high end player. So let me look. Uh, yeah, so that was game one against Denver, had 40 points, had another 28 point game in that series, had a 30 point game in the Golden State, where like you're still getting big time scoring. Had two 30 point games against Memphis in the first round, where this is a really high end player that's. A top 10 guy, I think it was hard the last few years just because he had missed so much time with injury. And whenever you have really small seasons where you only play like 30 or like 40 games, sometimes the numbers can be a little wonky because the samples are small. And yeah, I, I think this this extension I'm, I'm good with. I, I wouldn't say that it's not like, oh, I love it or anything, but it's like, oh, this is a, a, a solid move. It makes sense from the... Lakers perspective where 80 is a top 10 player heading into his 30s you just saw him make a deep playoff run where like he was the hub of the team where I got a certain I mean a certain point in those first two rounds it was just like just make the defense shoot the ball near Anthony Davis that was pretty much the defensive scheme 
and it was extremely effective. So the Anthony Davis extension makes sense. You're retaining talent. You're retaining a rare player with uh, a valuable skill set of being a two-way player. So I think I've said all I needed to say on the AD extension. I think it makes sense. I think that you can pay probably top 15 players any amount of money, and it doesn't really matter because they have the chance to play at a really high level. So like right now I have AD in my current rankings as the eighth best player in the league. But like even in the low teens, it's like, okay, you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Kawhi Leonard, where like even if you're paying those guys big money, it all it takes is one run, right? Where it's like they're plenty capable where if you get Kawhi healthy or you get Donovan Mitchell, who played at a really high level this year. I know he struggled in his you know, one round in the playoffs, but you give him a couple more shots, I think he can make a deep playoff run. A few years ago versus, I think it was the Jazz, he put up like historic playoff scoring numbers. So we're actually going to do a podcast on that pretty soon. I think we're going to have uh, Filippos back on the show. He talked about big-time scoring last time he was on during the regular season, and then we've been working on uh, kind of an adjusted scoring for the playoffs. That should be done pretty soon. So we're actually going to be talking about the Donovan Mitchell season from a few years ago in the bubble. Um, but, yeah, Anthony Davis extension, thumbs up. I think it makes sense. He's a top-10 player that uh, is on his way to the Hall of Fame, and any time you can uh, retain Hall of Famers, it's a good move. <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you on the next one for the Basketball Index Podcast.